Welcome to Senior Moments with God. I am your host, Gretchen, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join in this little podcast today. Today we have a special story shared by a Sister in Christ. All stories shared by women are for God's glory. And today I get to interview a woman from Asbury College. She's on staff there. And many of you may have heard about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that occurred on this small campus where thousands and thousands of people flooded to Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. And they wanted to see what was going on. And they walked into the presence of God. And their lives were changed. And this spread all over the country. In fact, you'll hear it spread all over the world and it's still happening. Melanie and I, we went to the same church together when we were young and our my mother played the piano and her mother sang, sweet, sweet family. So I will warn you in advance that I was pretty impacted by Melanie's interview and I can't edit it out, but I cried quite a bit, and you'll hear me sniffing, so I apologize in advance. So grab your cup of coffee and open up that Bible. Open up your hearts and minds. Say a little prayer before you listen to Melanie. It is a sweet story of God's continued grace and God's continued mercy. Her story for God's glory. Well, I'm sitting here with a sister in Christ, but we're doing it by phone. <laughs> so Melanie and Melanie, Melanie and I, we kind of grew up together, but not together, but she was in the same church and youth group. And I went to school with her brother, Keith. And she just is a woman of faith listeners. And she always has been, and she's continued to grow deep in Christ. And the exciting news that she is going to be sharing is her perspective on what happens and what is happening at Asbury and perhaps even in her own life. So Melanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And Melanie, would you just tell um, the listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. Um, as Gretchen has shared, I grew up in Southern Illinois in the little town of Heron and uh, left home to go to college at Asbury College um, in the 70s and met my husband there. He and I were teachers and we taught at a mission school in Eastern Kentucky in the mountains for over 25 years. And then we moved to back to Wilmore and he was an adjunct professor at the university and I have worked at the School of Education. Um, It's been 18 years now I've worked there. Um, My husband passed away sadly in uh, 2018 and and that's been a difficult time but God has been good and taken good care of me. I live in the basement level apartment of my son and daughter-in-law's home 
So I have a separate entrance, but I live in, in the house that they live in. So I get to see my grandchildren. Oh. And uh, how my many? Son and how many do you wife. have, Melanie? Well, I have five. There are three in the family where I'm living, and uh, three kids who were adopted from Africa, from Ethiopia. Um, AJ, the oldest, is 21, and he's serving in the military, the Army, and is stationed in Texas right now. And uh, my two twin granddaughters, twins, Bessie <laughs> and Chloe, they came to us when they were three years old, mm-hmm. and they're now 18, and uh, they're seniors in high school, doing all the things that seniors do, driving, and <laughs> also, they're also taking... Uh, a course, a dual credit course with Asbury here in town. Uh, they also they go to high school in the mornings and come over to the university in the afternoon. They're enjoying a delight, all three of those kids. And my daughter and her husband live nearby in Lexington, and uh, they have two children. And I get to see them fairly often as well. So that's all wonderful. That <laughs> is. And, and I have to say, Melanie, uh, for someone who's lived 18 years or more, you don't have that Kentucky accent yet. <laughs> it slips in now and then. My kids say when, when we go back to Eastern Kentucky where we lived and where they grew up, they sort of slide into that again. You know? <laughs> yeah, because you, you still got that you still got that Illinois accent. I don't I don't do the y'all thing too often. <laughs> uh, well, um, it's interesting that you of course went to Asbury we were talking before this that um, I remember and, and you do too when in 1970 Asbury students came to our church in Illinois and they shared an out what was happening in Asbury at that time of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and then our church experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit do you remember that and and now it's it happened again and it it's just such and then it just spread throughout the united states this this i don't what would you call it i know we keep saying outpouring of the holy spirit that's what the university has sort of chosen as a term to use um revival strikes a certain picture in people's minds and this was so different from anything any of us had seen before Mm -hmm. that um they chose to use outpouring because god certainly outpoured poured himself out on us and on our whole community and it was an amazing experience Mm -hmm. just amazing well i i i read i think asbury has around um was it 1700 students um, yes, I think that's about right. I know our new, our new freshman class has 420-something. Wow. And uh, so a small campus then was yes. flooded. Was uh, yeah. flooded. I don't know another word because you had people lined up to get into that chapel. And I people talked... around the world. All, yeah, Russia, Japan. People... All right, there, there was a person in Southern Illinois who was very angry with God and uh, someone just challenged her to go there and she went there and she just, her heart just, 
broke and melted before God and in humility, and she was reunited with God. I mean, he never left her, but she, I mean, she was trying to leave him. Her heart was hardened. And that's just one of the many, many experiences that, yeah. How did you guys, uh, how did you react to that? I mean, it was simply amazing. I, I felt like I lived in awe for two weeks. You know, it was just our little town has maybe 6,000 people who live in Wilmore. Um, we had 20,000 people flood in to our town the first week. Oh, my. And it grew to nearly 50,000 visitors. Oh, my. Now, not all of those at the same time, but there were thousands upon thousands. Every square inch of parking space was filled. Our street, we were several blocks from the campus, was lined with cars all the way up and down both sides of the street, up and down the street. People pulling into yards, people <laughs> sleeping in their cars. Busloads of people coming in. It was just astounding. Honestly, it was amazing. And and why? I mean, to me, it's like it it, it shows how much we need God and want Him. That all of these people hear about it and yes. then they just start coming in. When you think the world is at its darkest, the people are hungry. Yeah, people are starved to see God work. And, and they simply felt drawn to come. We had a couple from, I want to say Chile, a South American country anyway, who sold their car to get money for an airplane ticket to come to the outpouring. Oh my, oh we my. We had people who, who just did all kinds of things to be able to come. And it was just, it's, uh, it's indescribable, honestly. The, they couldn't all get into Hughes Auditorium, our chapel. They opened the chapel, uh, two chapels across the street at the seminary. And a local church opened their uh, sanctuary. And people were out in the street and in the lawns outside. <laughs> And this was in February. I mean, people, yes. people sleeping in their cars in sub freezing weather because they wanted to be here so badly. Wow. They longed for what they were finding here. And, and I, I just want to share one little quote of someone who was there on the very last day of prayer when 1,500 young adults packed into the auditorium, somebody looked at them and said, you will not be the generation defined by anxiety, depression, <laughs> suicidal ideation, and addiction. There was a swell from those students that rose up to say, we will be free. Oh. <laughs> And a man there said, if we had the spiritual eyes to see it, we would have seen an altar filled with loosened chains. Oh, wow. Kids who were standing around the clock, standing up and giving testimony what God was doing to change their hearts and how they were being set free from addiction 
and from hatred and anger and so many things that they were set free and changed for life. You know, they're changed. Oh. And I would just stand there and, and it was very difficult to even get in to the auditorium. I knew a couple little back ways to go in and get into the balcony. <laughs> and I was there every moment I could get loose from my work and go down. And it was, there was just such a presence in the room. It was palpable. You could feel God's presence when you walked into that room. And that's the only way I can describe it. It, wow. it was so real. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that Anyone is, who says God is real should have been in that room oh, because and, they would have known differently. <laughs> and that that quote, Melanie, that quote about you will not be the generation defined, uh, that yes. is amazing because we are allowing our kids to be defined as that yes. generation. Yes. And we, when you said that, it's just like, why am I accepting that? I'm not going to accept that. Prayer is powerful and prayer breaks the chains. And, you know, Jesus said, what, in Isaiah 61, I came to set the prisoner free. And, you know, to release the prisoner from darkness and to preach the message. And it's, why are we accepting that? I, I just had, when you said that, it was just, like a big light going off for me to say, yeah, all of us are, all of, all of the old people like I am um, are saying, oh, this generation, you know, they're depressed, you know, and they are because we've taken the light, we've allowed the light to be taken away from them. We've allowed the word of God to be taken away and it is their light. And we can shine that light again and that just you just challenged me. I'm not going to accept that I'm given that these kids are just lost. They are, and they're hungry. I mean, that they are is starved. they are starved. And, yeah, and it. Uh, we had a. I told you uh, earlier before we started that um, there was a man who came to my church in Missouri, and uh, while this was going on, and he, as a teenager, had. Uh, Asbury had come to his church in Kansas and uh, they had had a renewal there and it impacted him so much he became a minister and then he went back as an old man to Asbury when this happened and he said the you could he said you walked in there and you felt the presence of God yes. he said you felt the presence of God no question. and as a result I think um, our church in Missouri has one of the impacts I see happening is that we're focusing on prayer and when when we focus on prayer it requires humility you can't go before God the Father the Creator without being humble and when we're focusing on him then he can work <laughs> on us and uh, I see that as happening such he also said something to us. He said, in times of our history, when there's such darkness, he said, would you ever thought that during this time of our history and culture in this such darkness, 
that something like this would happen. And it's because it needs to happen. Our, oh, our, our, our young people need to hear the word of God. And I know they were hearing it at Asbury, but there was something that triggered it. What was it that triggered it, you think? Well, the, the morning, the, the, we have chapel three days a week, three mornings a week, and this was just a regular Wednesday morning chapel. And our speaker is is on staff and a young man and he just opened his heart up and shared about seeking love and God's love and how kids seek for love in all the wrong places and how God is longing to fulfill that need in them and, and reaching out to them and he he said afterward he walked away and he t- texted his wife and said well this was a flop <laughs> he, thought, he thought he had done a terrible job expressing what he wanted to say and then a few minutes later someone called him and said you need to come back to the chapel there are still students around the altar praying and they're not leaving and so he came back and was just astounded and these kids were weeping before God and begging him to bless them and to forgive them. We had kids who were addicted to pornography, kids who had alcohol and drug issues, and the kids that you would never think <clears throat> had some of these problems. Wow. Hey, pardon me, but no one left <laughs> and they just kept coming. And more kids kept coming back, and the word spread across the campus. You need to get back to humans, to the auditorium. <laughs> and I, it came to our office, and my coworkers and I went down and slipped in, and I saw kids singing, "Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, let it rain." Wow! And it just stirred my heart and changed me. Mm-hmm. And uh, other songs that they were singing, and it was all led by students. There were students leading the worship and the singing, and they would come in very quietly and in order, would come forward and take a microphone and give testimony to what was happening in their hearts. And someone would stand and read a scripture, and another one would stand and read another scripture. And it it just kept moving. It just kept going and going and going. And nighttime came and it was still going. And people from around the town were starting to come in because they'd heard something was happening. And it just kept building and building and building. And really, honestly, the, the great leadership was by the students. Mm-hmm. And and they God just moved on them. And I have another quote here. Um, Anne Graham Watts, who's Billy Graham's daughter. Yes. Her husband's nephew was sent by Regent University to observe the revival to see what was going on. And he described it. <laughs> there was no leader, no rival, no envy, no pride. All humility, meekness, gentle hearts, stumbling sinners, tender students serving thousands of curious visitors in their love for mercy without knowing they're doing so, 
it is legit. Gen Z write-offs are graciously allowing us to peek in on this surprising work of God as they serve us like priests, unconsciously dragging us into the presence of the Lord through young, redeemed, romantic hearts for God. Christ is being honored. God is being glorified. The Spirit is at liberty. The real awkward, cringe-worthy gawkers are the over 40s like myself who can't put down their phones. The Z's left theirs at home. <laughs> they were interested in everything. So all they were interested in was what was going on in their room. Oh, that is beautiful. I love that. Wow. And, uh, you know, it, it's when that young man got up and, and thought he failed. One of. Uh, yeah. One of uh, a woman uh, shared her story, and she said that she's learned that when she is the most vulnerable, is when God works. And he, it sounds like he made himself vulnerable by revealing his needs, and he thought he failed. But that's when that's when God steps in. And, and there was no question in his mind that it was anything he did. Right. <clears throat> it was obviously God. Because yes. <laughs> he thought he did a lousy job of speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but God stepped in. Oh, you that know? is beautiful. And I love that quote thing about the Gen Z's. <laughs> and yes. and yes. here we are, the over 40s, with our phones and, and, yes. and, and gawking. Yeah. They left theirs at home. They that didn't care beautiful. about that. God. And and the verse that I kept coming up through the whole this was two weeks of constant round the clock worship and prayer and the verse that I kept hearing kids quoting see I'm doing a new thing yes now it springs up do you not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I feel like our country, our world is a wasteland spiritually. And God's doing a new thing. He's giving us another chance (laughs) to to see what he can do and raise things up. And and it's happening around the world. This is not all just here. I know. You know, and, and... the same young man who was the preacher that morning said this this is not it this is happening around the world this is just one flashpoint of where god stepped in and it's happening around the world and he has traveled to several countries he was in a palestinian refugee camp in the holy land and a told about the revival and the people flocked to him this is what we need this is what we want and he was in israel and he's been in japan and he's been in england various places there have been well over 20 uh witness teams of students who have gone out and out all over Mm -hmm. uh since this all happened and kids have gone to Thailand and Korea and Japan and all kinds of places bearing witness to what God has done. 
I love that. I love that it doesn't stay, that Asbury is a place that doesn't, uh, you know, enclose its camp and, and it just stays there. They, they do what Jesus said, is they go out to make disciples and, and spread the news. And they've always had a reputation of doing that, and they're still doing it. Melanie, before we close, this has been so moving to me, and I've been holding myself together instead of crying, but I appreciate you so much. Where, what do you think um, we should take away as women uh, listening to this? What would you like them to take away with them? Um, in a day where things are dark, there is light. Yeah. If we just open our hearts to God, His light can shine in and show us what we need, show us what we should do, and we can trust Him. We can trust Him. Yes. Amen. to do it right <laughs> and to lead us the way we should go and and thanks to you sharing we see god's not finished he's not finished with us he, his Far grace endures forever and his mercy and i am so thankful for you and that we've kind of reconnected after all these years from yeah. sitting in the little Methodist church in small town here in Illinois, uh, but it's filled was filled with beautiful, wonderful, sweet people, and uh, like your parents and your family and yours and, and yours. Thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> I have uh, sweet memories of them too. Oh, uh, your mom singing and my mom playing the piano. I tell you. <laughs> Indeed, I think of your mom talking times. Uh, well, thank you, Melanie. You are a blessing, and I just pray that, um, well, I know God will continue to work Absolutely. and shine his light. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Sharing thank this for, you so much. For God's glory. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Uh, thank you. What an amazing story from Melanie and sharing her experiences at seeing the outpouring of God's Spirit on college students and on the thousands of visitors from around the world. When the light shines, people are drawn to it and people are starving for that light. So many takeaways that we have from Melanie. Stories about light and hope and also encouraging our young people. Let's not give up on this generation and assign them to being a generation of depression and anxiety as a result of COVID experiences. Instead, let's encourage our young people. Let's lift them up in prayer and let's love them. Let's do all this, ladies, for His glory. See you next time.